welcome to this week's episode of Everything Under the Sun, a weekly podcast answering all the most pressing questions children around the world have about life on Earth. My name is Molly, and today I have three questions. The first is about trees, and it comes from Rob. Hi, Rob. My name is Rob, and I am four years old, and I live in England. My favourite animal is a cheetah. I want to know what the biggest tree is in the world. Hi, Rob. That's a great question. The biggest tree in the world is called General Sherman, and it grows in California. It's a type of tree called a giant sequoia. I actually wrote about it in my new book, Natural Wonders of the World. So I'm going to read the pages about it now. Do have a look in the book as well to see a photograph of the beautiful giant sequoia trees. Here goes. This is the entry from Natural Wonders of the World called Giant Forest, USA, Heights of Grandeur. To stand among the trees of the giant forest is to feel a part of history. They are ancient. Some of these sequoia trees have lived for 3,000 years. Their ancestors have been around for far longer than that. Sequoia tree fossils have been found dating back to when dinosaurs roamed the earth. Looking up at sunlight filtering through huge branches of majestic sequoias is an awe-inspiring feeling. Their size and age make us seem like tiny specks in the epic history of our planet. Giant forest is a grove of 8,000 sequoias which grow high on the slopes of the Sierra Nevada mountain range in California, USA. The largest tree on Earth can be found there, named General Sherman. It is a giant sequoia that stands 83 meters tall and measures 31 meters in diameter at the bottom of its trunk. 18 people would have to join arms in order to circle it. In 1978, a branch broke off General Sherman. The branch was 46 metres long and 2 metres thick, meaning that just the branch alone was bigger than many other trees in their entirety. The tree was named after General Sherman, an army general who fought during the American Civil War. Giant sequoias need almost 2,000 litres of water a day to survive. They get this water from the mountain snow that melts and soaks into the ground in the spring. However, these ancient trees are in danger because of climate change. Less rainfall, decreasing levels of snow and increasing temperatures all threaten the beautiful giants. Vast forests of giant sequoias used to cover much of the northern hemisphere, but now there are very few left. The trees only grow on the small strip of land in the Sierra Nevada, where the giant forest is found, among other groves. Each of these giant sequoias is a true wonder. To lose the next generation would be a tragedy. I hope that answers your question, Rob, and I hope you love the book. If you want to see the giant trees yourself, you don't have to see the beautiful forests in California. You'll be able to find some giant sequoias here in the UK. Owners of huge houses in the UK wanted giant sequoias and giant redwood trees in their own gardens so you can find them dotted around. See if you can spot one. I hugged one just this morning with my son. On to the next question. Now we know how much water it takes to grow a giant sequoia tree, let's find out how much water is in something else that's very crunchy with a question from Alex. My name is Alex and I'm almost five years old and I like a beach. And 
My question is, how much water is in an apple? Hi, Alex. Thanks for your crunchy apple-y question. Well, apples are 86% water, so they're good to eat if you're thirsty. Cucumbers have a bit more water in them, 96%, and oranges are 87% water. If you want, you could try an experiment to measure the water in an apple. Try out different types of apple. You'll find some are more juicy than others, so have more water. Just cut the apple into pieces, weigh each piece on a food scale, and write down the weight. Then... Tie a piece of string around each piece of apple and hang it up to dry. Weigh them again in two days and write down the weight. Keep going for a week or so until the weight of the pieces of apple stops changing. Next, add the beginning weights for all the apples together. Then, add the final weights. Subtract the final weight from the beginning weight and you'll have roughly the amount of water that was in the apple. Do you know it takes a lot of water to grow an apple? About 125 litres, which is about the same as a really full bath of water. Now, if you or your family have an Apple device, like a MacBook or a laptop from Apple or an iPhone, did you know that using Apple uses lots of water? In order for the Apple data centres to work, they need lots of water to play music, send emails and store photos. That's right. Messaging a friend and looking up the way on a map uses water. In 2015, Apple data centers, offices and shops all together use 573 million gallons of water. That's enough to grow nearly 21 million apples. That's a lot of crunchy, juicy apples. Apples are the most popular fruit in the world. There are about 80,000 varieties more than any other fruit. This is because each apple seed produces apple trees that grow apples that are distinct individuals, quite unlike their parents. To keep the same varieties going, like Cox's or Golden Delicious, apple growers have to graft from apple trees, which means they grow a new tree from a bit of the other one, rather than planting a seed from that tree, because a seed grows differently to the parent tree. The very first apples came from Kazakhstan. The capital of Kazakhstan is called Almaty, which means apple father. People travelling along the Silk Route ate apples and spat out the pips as they went so the apple trees spread. There are lots of varieties of wild Kazakh apples. Some are tiny like peas and others big like pumpkins. And they come in colours like brown, green and yellow. They're very strong and resistant to diseases, probably juicy. I hope that answers your question, Alex. If you have a question you would like answered on the show, all you have to do is ask an adult to record you asking it on their smartphone and ask them to send it in to me at molly at everythingunderthesun.co.uk. Our final question comes from Violet, and it's about rabbits who like to eat apples, but they mustn't eat the seeds. Over to Violet. Hi, my name's Violet. I'm four years old. I live in London. And I loved you in Bali. My question is, can, how many bunnies there are in the world? Dance! To answer Violet's question, I have Roberto, a curator of mammals at the Natural History Museum in London. Over to Roberto. Hi, Violet. Thank you for your question about how many bunnies are in the world. I'm afraid that is quite a difficult one to answer. But let me first introduce myself. My name is Roberto, and I work at the Natural History Museum in London. I am the curator of mammals, which means that I look after the collections that the museum has of whales, monkeys, rats, cats, dogs, and obviously bunnies. So going back to your question, the short and simpler answer is that nobody knows exactly how many bunnies are in the world. This is not surprising, 
as it would be very difficult to count them all. Just the numbers for rabbits kept in farms from countries from all over the world are estimated to be over a billion. However, this figure does not take into account all the escapees from those farms that might now be living in the wild or the numbers of individuals for wild species of rabbit. And that might come as a surprise to you, but it's actually more than one species of rabbit. In fact, in the world there are currently 27 different species of what we commonly know as rabbits. And there might still be more species in the wild or even in the museum collections that have not been described yet. So don't be surprised if this number also increases in the near future. The species you might be more familiar with is the domestic rabbit, which is the descendant of a species which is scientifically known as Oryctolagos cuniculus. These rabbits were introduced into Britain from France by the Normans as a source of uh, meat and fur. However, some of those early rabbits managed to escape the farms and since then they are widespread throughout Britain and Ireland. The UK population of rabbits in 1995 was estimated to be around 38 million. As cute as they may seem, I'm afraid they are often considered a problem because these large numbers of rabbits are very difficult to manage and they can cause serious damage to the crops of farmers, to the forests and the environment in general. You see, rabbits are very successful adapting to the environment and they eat a wide range of plants including grasses, cereal crops, root vegetables and young shoots of meadow plants. In fact, they will even eat tree bark when there is no other food available, like for instance when the snow covers the ground in winter. In the UK, from January to August, they usually produce one liter of three to seven yam per month. So by January next year, the numbers of rabbits I have given you are likely to have increased considerably. So I'm sorry I cannot give you an official number for the number of bunnies in the world, but maybe if you choose to study science in the future, you will be able to find the answer. Bye! Thanks so much, Roberto, for telling us all about bunnies. Hopefully, Violet, you'll do what Roberto suggests and become a bunny expert. Find out the exact answer. Did you know rabbits eat their own droppings? They do little droppings that look like shiny green grapes and are full of bacteria and vitamins. Bunnies nibble them from their own bottoms and get lots of healthy things from them. One final rabbit fact is there is a very shy rabbit called the Sumatran striped rabbit that is so rare and so shy that there's no word for it in the local language where it lives because no one ever sees it. It was thought to be extinct in the 30s and has only been seen three times since. Right, that's it for this week. Wishing you all a lovely week. A huge thank you to Roberto for telling us all about how many bunnies are in the world, to the Natural History Museum, to Violet, Alex and Rob. A big thank you to Ash Gardner at House of Strange for the theme song and Audio Networks for all the lovely incidental music we use this week. If you would like to check out Natural Wonders of the World, it's available in all good bookshops in the UK or online if you're overseas. Do check out my Instagram at Molly Oldfield Writes for photos of it, my Twitter at Molly Oldfield or my website www.everythingunderthesun.co.uk. If you and your family enjoy this podcast, please do subscribe, rate it and give it a lovely review. It really does help. I'll be back next week answering more questions from children around the world in another episode of Everything Under the Sun. Do send in your questions. There's info about how to do that on the show's website, everythingunderthesun.co.uk. Thank you. Have a lovely week and goodbye.